episode is brought to you by Squash Clothing and Sugar Life. Welcome to the Overly Excited Podcast, hosted by Jack Watts and Dale Sidebottom. Two friends with a passion for life, learning, and all things that get them jumping out of their seats. <laughs> all righty, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. This is an overly excited podcast. My name is Dale Solid, and I am joined by the one and only Jack Watts. How are you, great man? Great to be here. We we are in for a treat today. Oh, now, before I introduce our guest today, I just want to explain the setup in here. Um, <laughs> I've never felt so nervous. We usually head out to the back of your garage yeah. and it's a beautiful setup. <laughs> Don't you, get Jack. me wrong. I love going out there and it's very homey. But this, I feel like I got bloody Dr. Dre in the studio. He's just the, about to walk M&M's in. about to go in and record an album. This oh, thing's unbelievable. I'll tell you what. So anyway, very excited to be here. Uh, Sam Russell and Sam Ludeman. Sam and Sam, how are you boys? Oh. We, we do this all the time. Yeah. We, we, we speak at the do. same time and we say the same words. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling great. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. How are you feeling? Now, <laughs> well, that's good. Welcome here. Now, we normally start with uh, what gets you excited because we call this the excited arena. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to take that for you because last Friday night, Jack and myself actually having a beer, we're watching the game. 96,000 people at the home of football, the MCG, and there you two were singing the national anthem. I'll tell you what, I might have got a bit of a twinkle downstairs <laughs> because I was getting a little bit aroused. I was that excited. Um, I obviously know you boys very well. Sammy Russell, my cousin, Ludes, we all grew up in Shepparton together. How amazing was that, walking out to sing the national anthem in front of 96,000 people, Melbourne, Carlton, two Victorian teams, can you just explain what that was like? Who do you go like? for, by the way, boys? Who do you follow? Uh, I'm a Richmond supporter. Richmond? Yeah, he, I, I go for Hawthorne, but okay. my girlfriend, Elise, her whole family, we already had tickets to the game. Her oh. whole family are diehard Carlton. And as you know, it's been a couple of seasons. A couple of seasons. <laughs> <laughs> since they were like, done all, right, done all right. It's been a while. So, yeah, they were just super excited and I was already going. So then That's I remember crazy. actually telling her, because I'm a bit blasé off the cuff, I'm like, oh, Oh, yeah, I can come to the game um, because I'm actually I'm going to be singing at at the game. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "What? You got a gig?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm doing the anthem." And she's like, "What are you talking about? Are, are you serious?" And like, she lost her lost her shit. And I was like, "Yeah." Um, That's crazy. And th- then they kind of started like that, didn't it? And it was pretty quick. It happened in. Yeah, four days. Like you think they'd be super. How'd you, how'd you get the gig? How'd you? Oh, uh, we got this great company. We, you know, we do a lot of gigs mm. for heaps of agencies. This one company um, called Solution Entertainment. They get us some good gigs throughout the year, and they just put it out there and said, "I need a need an anthem singer for this date." And we were going to do it last the week before, and I'm glad we didn't because it just worked out as a better game. And the weather was way better too. Yeah, oh, it was just yeah. it was just better in every yeah. way. And we were kind of busy on one day, but we said we could do the other day. And then they said, oh, we just booked someone in. So they said, can you do this week? And we're like, yeah, we'd love to. And I was like, this is a massive game. And I was already going. Yeah. I was like, yes, I don't have to. Four <laughs> days notice, we're like, shit, we better get our asses into gear and make sure we do this well. Because yeah, yeah. we, we had the idea a few years ago to, to kind of do this. Um, and we did like a video with the Bendigo Cup over COVID where we uh, filmed it properly at their track when they weren't able to have uh, people at the track. Um, and so they did like a virtual Bendigo Cup. And they got us to film the national anthem for it. And we got all this excellent footage. And we're like, what we want to do is get this and try to sell it to the AFL. Get like some, some big sporting association so to want to take this on. Because it's like, 
we, you always hear just they play these orchestral arrangements and the, yeah. and it's like Australian. It's like always yeah. this opera version and it's not really accessible. Well, like, it's not accessible for someone with a monotone voice. Probably yeah. like probably the rest of the crowd there can't sing that either. But you guys yeah. are relatable. You can sing with your voice. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that was the idea, and so we tried to push for this. We got the footage, and when Solution reached out, we're like, well, let's just send them a video link, and hopefully somebody sees it and wants to take a risk because it's a bit of a risk for them too, especially for television because. You know, normally they'd focus in on one person yeah. with mm. the camera, and now they've got two faces they've got to focus on. Two mics. Yeah, two mics. Lines makes everything a little bit more risky and dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So we just thought maybe somebody will take a risk, and we tried like the Grand Prix, a couple of other ones. Yeah, MotoGP. We're interested, but mm. I think it would be that thing of, oh, this is changing the formula. Um, yeah. We do not big yeah. on changing the formula, especially when you broadcast. They get it. You More points of failure. Yeah. How do they film it? Yeah. But yeah, I was really proud of the MCG for giving us that go. And um, the AFL, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. And now, who knows? Look wow. out. I mean, you've got that under your belt. You could take that well, anywhere, now, really. Yeah. yeah, and now we're doing the VFL grand final this Sunday. So that's Dang. exciting. And it is televised, by the way. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah 100%. Uh, It'll be on Channel 7 sweet. for people out there, free to air as well. Yeah. Um, with that, it's really interesting that, is, do you think it's been a progression? Obviously, you know, we all grew up in Shepparton together. You started playing covers together. Um, COVID hit and you did all your live streaming and then you released your first album. And now, like, you're getting... Only things happen when you start taking a bit of a risk and you put yourself out there. Without the album, you know, without Evolve going out, do you think... You know, do you think you get these opportunities? Have you thought about that? You know, like those yeah. sliding door moments. We speak about it a little bit that, yes, you're in the right place at the right time and you've got everything, but... Who knew doing that Bendigo Cup whatever footage? Who yeah. knew the album? Like you've still yeah. got to be in the right place at the right time. Do you think about that, that you make those opportunities happen? Yeah, I, I do in the sense that it always feels like it's snowballing, but it's like you always have to be outside your comfort zone. Mm. Um, and we could still be playing covers and doing quite well, but it's like we decided to stop playing public gigs after COVID. And that was like a really big blow because we'd pay – to play two or three gigs a week guaranteed guaranteed yeah, yeah. residencies no good money um get looked after and we had to say no to that and sacrifice that which made us feel uncomfortable and say well we're only going to focus on original music and and so there was there's always this dip but then from the dip it's like it, then it mm. goes up again yep. and you did but you just got to step outside your comfort zone and take that risk and i've always felt like if you never give up you never fail like if you if yeah. you constantly you go if you never go nah this is not worth it if you're always going this will be worth it this will be worth it it just seems to always eventually be worth it yeah. even if you ha go through some really tough times so yeah and you combine that with like the hard work and the visualization of what you want to achieve as well because I feel like I I'm a bit of an optimist and I like like thinking things anything's possible. Um, but like just that thought by itself doesn't really do much. You know, yep. you still got to do action along the way. And like you're the, you're the king of this where like you're always doing something and you're <laughs> moving to the next level. <laughs> it may not be very good though. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you, you fight and you fight and you keep going and you keep trying and you yeah. learn and you figure out how to do things better. And then eventually whatever you were imagining and you wanted eventually happens. You got to be in it to win it, yeah. don't you? And that's what I, I love about this guy is he's a doer. Yeah. You know, we've spoken about it. I'm a probably a bit more, I like to have all ducks in a row before yeah, I'll yep. jump into something and I'm a bit more reserved when it comes to something like that. Whereas he's just there and, and gives it a crack. And that's, as you say, 
the opportunities come from being there and, and, you know, giving it a chance. If you don't give it a crack, you can't expect for, you know, all these opportunities to come. So Yeah, yeah totally I, was, right. I was actually reading this morning um, James Clear. I don't know if you follow him. Tommy He's, Cabot. Yeah, yeah, Tommy yeah, yeah. Cabot. Yeah. He's great. But he says, start with pessimism, then you can go to um, – no, start with optimism, then you can go to pessimism in the middle yeah. and finish with optimism. Yeah. And so it's like you've you got to believe that you can do it. Mm. Then just qualify yourself. Make sure you're yeah. not doing anything too crazy. And then when you've figured that out, you go gang-ho and feel good about it. Feel like you're going to make it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I read that this morning. I was like, yeah. yeah very, very true. Do you think um, having each other, like we talk about, you know, being accountable or different things, but um, a lot of people want to, take risks or it's very easy sitting here looking at what you two have done now do you think you've been able to take those risks and you know like knock back and i know you're playing the precinct albion and for people that aren't in obviously melbourne they're two very big venues you know and that's guaranteed wage yeah do you think having each other made you know you can feed off each other and one's feeling like shit we shouldn't have done that no 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 we've got to trust the process do you think the combination has really helped you and allowed you to do that to give up to get yeah, I, I reckon definitely. Um, like, I'm just a natural risk taker. I, I enjoy it. You are. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Sam is as well. Yeah. And so, yeah, that energy we do feed off each other on. Um, yeah, the, it's just risk in life. Like, you've got to take risks um, in order to achieve anything fun. But, um, but yeah, like, also, like, the hard work factor, you know, like, I, I see Sam working real hard and I'm like, oh, well, I've got to do the same then. Mm. You know, it's kind of like a, a little bit of, like, Happy rivalry in in that sense as well. Mm. Yeah. And because we're so yin and yang in so many different areas, it's like he'll feed my optimism in areas I doubt. And I think I can feed his optimism or encourage in areas he might doubt. Mm. And so that comes together in this great way where I feel like we're both going, yeah, man, we can do this. Can you sort that crap out? Yeah, Yeah. Can you sort that crap out? Sweet. Then we've got this sorted. And I feel like that's a really, uh, like positive thing that we have in our relationship that we can always bounce at each other in that way. Cause I often doubt the technical things or like how are we going to do it and how do we reach people? And we how just saw we... Sammy, we just saw Sammy put on a clinic. Oh, in here. clinic. There's three cameras. Lucky we're filming it. Cause I was like, this is next level. Like, and I just want to film Sammy just fluffing around. Yeah. And then I'm happy to like deal with all the people and to like make some maybe awkward phone calls and yep. like kind of hustle in that way. And then there's just got this good skill set that we can bounce off yeah, each other. And I, I, I always love it. Yeah, it's great. How, how did it all get started? So you, you all grew up in Shep. Mm, how did it, the music sort of start? Were you, you know, from your young age in, into music, into singing? Um, and then how did you two get together? Yeah, it was pretty, mm. we were pretty young. Like uh, it was probably what, Stag? To Stag, study, yeah. Which is Shepherd and Theatre Arts Group. Oh, yeah. So we both like were into theatre uh, during high school. And there was this, uh, they were putting on these shows, the theatre arts group uh, in Shep, the like end of year shows where you like dress up as rock stars from the past, from the seventies or whatever, and you sing their songs. And so we we did one of these shows together and I was singing like Steeler's Wheel, Stuck in the Middle. Yeah. Um, Stuck in the middle with you. (laughs) We won't sing, sorry. I was about to give it a crap. You can do the clap and double clap. I'll get the the maraca around or something. (laughs) And his was funny. Like you were doing that, some girls Girls will. Some, some girls, girls won't. Some, some girls, girls need a lot of loving, and some girls don't. 
Anyway, I've, who's that? How even do you by? remember that? Like, like you remember uh, the, the songs you're singing? Like how old were you? Oh, we would have been 16, 16 yeah, fifteen, oh, wow. sixteen, yeah. And so that was like where we kind of like started yeah. bonding and realizing we're both into music. Um, but and I love that he played the guitar because I like I always love singing and I was only recently. Like kind of getting into it and figuring out that I could be it and getting encouragement from Wendy Russell, as you know, Sam's mum. Mm-hmm. Um, like that was like one of the first people, and I was like, "You can, you can be a singer if you want." And I was like, "Oh, can I?" Like it was like that first real encouragement. And then my drama teacher was like, "You know, you can do this." But that, yeah, that's where we kind of really first met, and I was I was like intrigued that Russ knew harmonies and how to play the guitar, and I was like, "This guy's a freak!" <laughs> like, a freak. what's the go? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so we be- we that. became we became mates after that show, and like and started hanging out, but hadn't really talked music or anything. And he was sitting there as he often did on his computer, and I was like, "Sam, we should start a band," and like you know like a duo. And I remember he was like, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> He like looked up from his computer and just like deadpan, just nah, no way. And and I, I remember just going, ah, oh, okay. Yeah. Did right. you persist though? Let's like- keep homebrewing alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I did persist yeah. and like honestly did. So I went home and I knew Sam knew a bunch of songs because I'd heard him playing with other people or whatever. I went away and I, I think I learnt like. K San off by heart, Summer of 69 off by heart, It's My Life, Bon Jovi off by heart, and like a few other songs, verbatim, word for word. And I, we were over at uh, Sammy's place and I was talking to his mum and said, like, Sam, play this song. And he plays it and I sing it word for word, and, like the whole song. And, he's, oh, and he starts adding the harmonies and I didn't go up to his harmony too many times. <laughs> um, and I played another one and played another one. I think that's when he was like, yeah, mate. Oh, started no, no. to trigger him. Like, oh, are you actually serious about this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he did a gig with uh, Tom Tweener. I don't know if you know Tom Tweener. I do know Tom. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Shep boy. He was playing at the Yahoo Bar back in Shep. Um, <laughs> I, I DJ'd back there in the day. <laughs> 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 Had a few gigs and got a little bit wild one night. Never got asked again. <laughs> <laughs> Took my shirt off and got a little bit crazy. <laughs> I was standing on the deck, so I don't think they liked it. But sorry about that. There's <laughs> one for you. That sounds perfect, Yahoo Bar. That's like Yahoo Bar in Shep. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Oh, sorry, Sammy. Keep going, right, but, um, yeah, Tom, Tommy Tweener was playing there. He wasn't ripping his shirt off or anything. Right? He, was just, he was just playing acoustically. And he invited Sammy up on stage to sing a song. And he sang this Pete Murray song. I think it was Feeler, was it? Feeler, yeah. Um, and like I watched it and all the people were cheering. And it was this, it was a vibe. And I was like, oh, man, I want to do this. Yeah. And so it kind of changed my mind. A little bit of jealousy. Yeah, Tommy yeah, Tweener yeah, just <laughs> created a bit of... Yeah, I was like, oh, I've got another duo partner. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Tommy, how you going? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, from there we just started playing uh, uh, playing around with some songs and figured out a set list and yeah. first gig was at Flanagan's Irish Bar in Shepparton. Love that. Uh, Midi yeah. backing tracks. Yeah. So these He played electric guitar. I didn't even play guitar then. Yeah. And so we're 17 and we got our first gig at Flanagan's um, because we had to ask Rocky, was it, to ask yeah, the manager whether we could play there for free, mind you. But like <laughs> 110 people showed up, yeah. our friends and family. Oh, and we were like, holy crap. And... We had yeah MIDI backing tracks, Russ on the electric, and I, I remember I was actually so nervous because my nan came from Daniliquin. Like all these family <laughs> members came to like be like, yeah, come on, guys. I was so nervous, and I used to do this thing because I started music a bit late. Whereas I'd be singing the melody like da 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 da, and Russ would be doing a harmony da 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 da, and I'd start going da 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 da, start singing his part. So then he'd jump back down <laughs> and start singing the melody, and then I'd jump back down, and then he'd jump He's back just to the harmony. Me I was just, I was just <laughs> like, tagged. I was just following. 
Oh. And he was just like, stop fucking following <laughs> <laughs> And then you went, stop fucking following <laughs> Oh. And so I just remember that night and was like crazy. And I remember thinking, where I forget that flog's name, the manager. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember yeah, it. Yeah, anyway. probably like, I, 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 I do remember it, but I'm not going to say yeah, it. It's yeah. probably very wise. Oh, I, don't, I don't care. Because um, we were like, man, we brought down 110 people. It was a Thursday night. They did amazing over tr- trade, we thought. And we're like, you know, will you, you give us a gig or could, would you maybe pay us a little bit? And you're like, no, nah, no way, boys. He was like, you were good, you, but you're not worth paying. Yeah. Oh. And we were like, but what was awesome, the full house saloon. Over the road. Over the road. was like, why is that place so busy on a Thursday night? Mm. They popped their head over. And as soon as we finished, they're like, hey, guys, would you want to play at our venue on Thursday? Uh And we're, we're still at school. And like I remember, it was three hundred and fifty dollars cash. Yeah, plus like, all, the, like, all the booze you could drink, and you were underage. And like we're, and, you got school and, Friday, and we're underage. School Friday, but I remember like I was always this. I was called the scab at school because um, <laughs> you're bleeding all the time. No, no, I, I'd always scab people's money because <laughs> yeah. like we, we mum wouldn't make lunches and I wouldn't make anything. And I'd never get any money for school. So I just used to ask other people for money. And so people would call me the scab. <laughs> um, Probably not a nickname you're like, nah, proud I've, of. I've so moved past yeah, it now, good. which is good. <laughs> um, but I just remember like then going, who wants a pie? <laughs> Who wants a coffee scroll? And I felt like it all back. I could finally give back to like people because I'd come with like, I'd bring my $175 cash <laughs> in my pocket and I just would try to spend it all and be like, yeah, I made it. But it, there were some good times, yeah, man. Yeah. We used to do four sets. We'd sing the same, the first set that we started with because not many people were there then. I'd sing that. We'd sing that again at the end. And so, but we'd start with like, Summer of 69, K-Cent, all these big, like, rock stars. Russ yeah. would sing Viva La Vida. Oh, no. Live in La Vida Loca. You might be And we had this. go. Yeah. <laughs> and we had these MIDI backing tracks. They're like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were terrible. And that time we did Chumba Wumba, uh, Tub oh. Thumping, uh, oh. right as you remember Milvan Muto. I do, yes. He got into a fight in, uh, in <laughs> the full house and he's getting kicked out as no. we're singing, I, I get, get knocked down, <laughs> but I get up again. Yeah, there's all this scuffle happening and we're like, and then back then we didn't, like today we'd stop, hey, security. We'd yeah. be like, yeah. Just cheering it on, keep going. <laughs> oh, but it was just a nuts time. And that's kind of how it started. And we yeah. literally never, we never stopped. Like, even though we went off to, in, to our own careers, whenever we could, we'd do a wedding, there'd be a 50th, there'd be something we would yeah. be playing at to, to this day. Amazing. Yeah. Now you're playing in front of 96,000. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that was, I think we were talking about that at one point. Uh, that was absolutely surreal. Um, but I was really excited. I wasn't nervous. I, was, I think I was saying earlier, I get more nervous in front of an intimate crowd mm. where I can see everyone and maybe feel their energies more and maybe I'm a bit more negative on myself if I stuff up a note or something. I really feel like I can sense people seeing it, hearing it. Why aren't they paying attention? Why did they talk to their friend when I was singing this emotional song mm. or something like that? Whereas when it was just 96,000 people that you can't identify one person, (laughs) I just felt elated. Like the the nerves were just excitement. And I was just like, I actually had to kind of contain it and go, all right, sing now and sing in tune, Um, (laughs) which I did pretty well with. Um, You did very well. um, But yeah, I was, I was, and then coming off, I don't know what, how Russ felt, but coming off, I was, I was like, I was high for two hours, but, but like I've never felt. Yeah, Literally, I've never felt this buzz. Yeah, like more than the yeah, voice, yeah. more than like any big 
TV thing I've done or yeah. um, opening night in a musical. Way more than that. I was just like, I felt electrified. It was so cool. It's funny because I'm, I'm that literal opposite of that. Like in front of a hundred people in one of our own shows, singing mm. our own songs, I'm as comfortable as you can be. Happy oh, yeah. to be there. But then 96,000 people in a stadium scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you had to start it yeah, on dude, the I had acoustic. to play this, uh, this guitar riff and like my fingers are shaking. And I'm like, just hold it, hold it together because you're on national television. And if you stuff up these first few notes, then people are going to really hate on you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make the news. Don't make the news. <laughs> and then, and then my brain's going to this time uh, where I was singing in a production at high school. Like, I don't know why it does this. Like, <laughs> I was singing this song, that's the major general song from Pirates of Penzance, and it's got a heap of words in it. And I remember it, it just disappeared. The second verse just disappeared from my brain. And I was standing on stage in front of all these people going, I've got nothing. And all these other people are meant to sing with me and sing, re- repeat my lines after me. And they're all like, there's like 20 people on stage being like, What's going on in a whole audience and scariest moment ever I've had on a stage. And I'm waiting for us to be announced and that thought comes into my head. Oh, no. And I'm like, Did get, it? Yeah, I'm like, get out of my brain, you stupid thought. <laughs> like, what? Why would your brain go there? Oh, that's terrible. I, no I didn't know that. No, yeah. And I'm just like, get that out now. Don't even try to think about that. Like that's that's good. nothing wow. but bad news. Do you, do you uh, think that school assemblies every week have uh, helped you out there? Obviously, you're not going to forget the words... <laughs> or the chords to the national anthem. Like you probably don't think that every. Yeah, we'd always start uh, what every Friday. Every I don't know if it was yeah. the same for for Wanganui. Nah, but every Friday, every, yeah, you'd start every the school, assembly. primary, high school. Doesn't matter. You sing the national anthem, anthem at the start. Yeah, I think it, I think it stuffed me up honestly because I didn't know the right words, and so I sang the wrong words all of those years. Like the, a couple of like really small details oh, yeah. that are slightly mm. wrong, and so then their muscle memory from school days. Yes, and then we had to relearn it because like we we're looking at the prime minister's department official lyrics and yeah. we're like. I don't sing that. Yeah, we're, we're like three, three little, like tiny words. Like I know it's like an S or something, but like, or an of instead of our, or like thing, yeah, yeah. things like that. Where I like they're just little things, but uh, yeah, because if you stuff it up, and sometimes you, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yeah. Like one of the lyrical changes, it's a literal lyric change by the uh, Department of Cabinet, is um one and free. Like that is the words now, but uh, for we are one and for we are one and three. You should be young and free. Okay. It's officially changed by the government, and so we have to do that version. But we still cop hate online for people going, "Get the fucking lyrics right." <laughs> yeah, like, it's young and free. It's yeah. like, and and, like, but you were great. He sent like the, the official link to the um, thing and said, "Oh, thanks so much for your feedback. Um, the lyrics actually changed in 1998." Here's the and I was just here's like, the, here's well, the lyric sheet from well the Department done. of Cabinet." Well wow. done, Russ. I'd be like, piss off. Piss off. <laughs> like, either way, like if you're saying uh, young and free, then you'd get way more hate from all the other people that um that know the lyrics have changed. But if you sing it the right way, you still get yeah. hate. It's like, what do you really do with that? Well, you oh, could you, probably relate to that oh, pretty yeah, well, Yeah, I Jack. think you just ignore anyone on social media, the keyboard warriors. Give them yeah. nothing, Russ. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not worth it. Is that, yeah. uh, oh, and the, the, it was like 0.001%. It was yeah. like negative. So we were so lucky that so many people resonated with our version of the anthem, doing it acoustically, doing it with harmony. Yeah. And we were so, and putting it in a key, kind of inadvertently, but finding out later that it's, it's a key that girls could sing and guys could sing. So it was quite accessible um, to people to sing along to. And it was one f- bit of feedback we got from the AFL or the people we were dealing with was that that was one of the most, the, the most they've heard people sing along because yeah, they could because yeah. they, yeah. they could yeah. it, they felt included and it's like oh i feel like i'm more at a pub 
and the acoustic vibe and there's someone else singing it. I don't know if it, it encouraged yeah. people to be like... And yeah. it was slow, so like it, it's not like it was too fast for them to get it, yeah. to get their words in. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. What I find with some of them is slow, but then they go really fast and high and really like, yeah. well, you're doing your own thing here, but that's not for anyone else to be able to sing. Yeah. Mm. Um, one thing I want to go back on there, it's like it's very easy to focus on the negatives. Mm. You know, like you, the tiny percentage of people. Mm. Yeah. How do you... Because obviously not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to mm. love what you're doing. And well, particularly starting at Flanagan's back in the day, mm. the asshole manager didn't like <laughs> you. But how do you block that out? Because if you really focused on it, 95 point whatever thousand people yep. loved it. Mm. You know, how, how, what do you do? You do something not to focus on yeah. that? Yeah, that person. I've got a good answer to this. Um, I it fuels me actually. Like uh, it it kind of has the opposite reaction because how I think of it is our content went so far that there was somebody that it reached that is hating on us, right? That means that it went to so many people that aren't hating on us, like to get that one that does, because generally we live in a bit of an echo chamber. And so most of the people that would give us feedback are going to say, oh, you guys were great. <laughs> if, I, if our video went so far that a guy's coming and specifically messaging us through our website to say how bad it was, then that went far. Well, so, so like, he deliberately went like yeah, did he said it's, a it's hilarious. <laughs> really, I'm on a one man crusade to get <laughs> to get artists to sing the bloody lyrics right. Wow. It's, and but he was going on Australiana a pronunciation like we say be- beauty, mm. bloody beauty, not beauty. Mm. He was worried that we he was giving us crap that we said it sounded like we said gird by C, not gert by C. Mm. And so basically oh that we're not God. pronouncing our T's properly. Like, oh, beauty, rich and rare. Like, no, I sang beauty, rich and rare because that's where Aussie. Like, yeah. that's Do you ever think, slang. though, like, what must be going through that poor guy's oh, head? Yeah, that, yeah. That's how I look at yeah, it. Uh, I flip it around and go, yeah. wow, I actually feel really sorry for that person. Yeah, and yeah. he'd have the time to firstly write an email to somebody he doesn't know that are probably going to mock it on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? We go, no, no, no. Yeah, but do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know, I think that's the way you've got to look at it. Yeah. Like, oh, it, we lo- we like pl- flattering in a way. Yeah. 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 I laughed. Yeah, like, I, I laughed out laugh. loud and <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's hilarious. Because I, I think, I think he's sitting there on his computer oh, going, I'll oh, tell them. <laughs> and like, I'm just like, oh, the mum's basement thing just comes <laughs> yeah. into my head. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm, I'm sure he's not doing awesome at many things. And maybe but we <laughs> haven't copped bad enough hate uh, yet for it to actually affect this. Like, yeah. really. Well, I hope it doesn't. Yeah. Affect, but like, yeah, yeah. How, I, I'm really good at maybe car, car, how do you say that? Carpartmentalizing. Compartmentalizing. That's there it. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and so I like can just go, Ah, that's that's irrelevant, or I don't dwell on it. Or if if it is a harsh critic, like you know, I got some harsh feedback when I was on The Voice, and like that was so national that people would just like say I was like the first time I've just heard horrible things about my voice or about how I look or about like really, it was hard to hear. Like it was hard to read in newspapers and stuff. And I was like, and I would dwell on it. And like you said, it can be a hundred good comments, and you just focus on that one. And so I had to like eventually I find I was dwelling on them and they were affecting me because they would pop up like a, a day later or two days later. I'm like, you weren't that good, Sam. You're not that good looking. You're not this good that. And I, would, I was, it affected me during the voice, for example, that experience. But now I just like it's water off a duck's yeah. back or I laugh about it and go, or I go, I'm going to dwell on this a little bit and see if there's some constructive criticism in that that I can actually take, take Learn on. from it. Learn from yep. it. And then once I have done that, I tell myself yeah. to forgive, for, forgive and forget and just kind of move on. 
I think like for me, a, a big one was, you know, who it's coming from. Like if it's coming f- over the internet mm. from someone you've never met who has never met you personally, it was like, just chuck it out the window, you know, but yeah. if you're best mate or your parents or your someone's telling you to change something or you're, you know, they're not happy with something you, that you're doing, you probably take that on board a bit more. But when mm. it's, you know, old Joe in his mum's basement, and yeah. he's there, it's like, <laughs> you're right, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Move on. Keep writing your emails, <laughs> yeah, buddy. Exactly. Yeah, focus on who, yeah, where the feedback's mm. coming from. Yeah, so true. What about, I'm interested and I'm always interested in this. I've got a few mates who are musos and in bands and whatnot. I just love music so much, but I think it's because I've got zero talent in the, <laughs> that area. The music writing process and how you come up with your own songs and how, like, do you write the music first and then the lyrics? Is it the lyrics or is it the, you know, emotion behind the song first? Like, how, how do you go through that? Yeah. Well, we usually agree on a concept. I feel like that's, yeah. that's been our concept at, at the moment. For example, um, the last song we wrote about, um, it, it haven't released it yet. It's called One More Song. And we wanted to write an energetic, fun song. So we kind of figure out, do we want to write something positive, uplifting? And so that's the general vibe. Yep. And then we wanted to write about how people at the end of the night, doesn't matter how well you've done, they want an encore. <laughs> they, they want you to sing one more they song. Don't want to go home. So we kind of came up with this the idea, and like it can deviate f- mm. really far from that initial idea. But that, that idea was okay, energetic feel. So it kind of means it's usually in a major key and it's usually up tempo and it's going to have a bit of energy to it. But then just having that phrase, one more song, helped us then kind of structure uh, write the rest of it and then transition and then russ kind of takes over with the music don't you yeah i'll generally have like a, a few chords that i know kind of feel, make a certain feel it's, it's mainly about feel for me like mm. like i think nostalgia is one of the things specifically for the song sam's talking about we want to generate nostalgia in people to for them to think back to their childhood and have happy memories and this is the thing ed sheeran's really good at like finding chord progressions that sound a certain way that make you think and smile about things that have happened in your life. He's really good at doing that. And so I, with this particular one, I, I was like, that's, that's what I want to evoke. So I've got to find chords that have that kind of feel where people are smiling already, even though they don't know the song. Mm. And then they feel like they want to move. And there are certain like chord progressions that you can do that make that vibe. And so I used Ed Sheeran for a lot of influence off this one. So I reached to other people as well as part of my process, figure out if there is an artist that sounds kind of like the song or the idea that you have and borrow from them. Um, and then, yeah, so then he'll usually show me these chords and I can straight away at least hear a melody, hear an idea, and, like, I can usually sing something straight away and then we, we basically work together from that point on. It's a bit more collaborative in that sense um, that I hear a melody, I can write some lyrics down and then Russ can go, what about this lyric? What about this lyric? And I go, cool, cool. And, I, and then we'll, we'll kind of get there. Basically, we've realized if you get a verse and a chorus, you've basically got a whole song. Mm. Because a verse and a chorus, you then repeat that, usually mel- melodically, fairly close. And if you want to change it, you change it. And we did change it in the second verse. Yep. And then you've got the chorus. So the chorus is going to happen three, four more times. You're not writing another chorus every time. So if we get a verse and a chorus down, I find that's a... R- We've written a song yeah. mm. because you know where you're going. You've got the, it's like you're already in the car driving to your destination. You just got to keep driving yeah. and, and get there. And what's great, I find, is the bridge. 
it's nice to have a couple of days off and come back to the bridge because the bridge is usually something reflective or some different point of view, some different stance on the song. Um, and so what was good is we always kind of come back to the bridges, don't we? Yeah. And, and, and I like writing the bridge later because it's a different perspective. Had some time to separate. Yeah. yeah. And so that's how we have been kind of going about it. Yeah. And it, it seems to work really well. We yeah. kind of found our feet like slowly with this process as well um, through writing our uh, debut album Evolve because yeah. like we were not super uh, experienced songwriters before that. No. Um, like we tried a few times back in our 20s and uh, kind of failed. F- we used to fight. Cause, cause <laughs> but you learned. Yeah, like, yeah you exactly. You know, yeah. you learned yeah. from that. And we, yeah. learned, we learned how to not to fight. And one of the ways is to not be on the tools as well as be creative. Mm. Like in this space, we used to try and record songs and then we'd bicker over like just how to cut something or how to yeah. move the somewhere. Do you use that shortcut? Why yeah. are you using that shortcut? I just do what I want, mate. Like yeah. just, just you do it your way. Do, no, you should just do it more efficiently. Like we would just like bicker about the stupidest shit. And then, you know, you don't get in the, oh, do you want to be creative and open? Yeah. Open your yeah. heart to yeah. me right now. Like, yeah. yeah. So even though we do have this space and we could have recorded our album in here, um, we went to a studio and we paid for the studio time and all that just so we could be creative rather than be engineers as well as creative and not having to switch between that right brain, left brain kind of thing constantly totally changed the experience. It was, it was chalk and cheese. Yeah. It was like, so we, enjoyable we, to we record had, that album. We, we didn't fight once. No, we had so much fun. Yeah. We, and... Yeah, the, the in engineer was great, Chris yeah, Gatz down legend. at GM Sound Studios. Um, they're absolutely brilliant. But he was just so placid and so calm and so patient that we could just we could just bounce off ideas, do a million takes, um, and it just nothing mattered. And mm. so we just we really had fun. And it like it, it, it repaired our relationship at the time, like through COVID and doing all these streams, we were at each other's throats. Mm. We were sick of each other. We we're basically living with each other for two years. Um and the stress of the streams and the stress of COVID. Like most people had a breakdown during COVID, let alone we didn't stop working and actually had the high, some of the highest stress that we've ever had. Probably worked harder than we were working before it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like it really helped us heal that relationship as well and, uh, and open up a bit about that and even write some songs about it and stuff and some ideas at least around it. And so, yeah, it was really good. And it's subject matter now too for our most recent show that we're touring mm. where we talk about all this stuff. So like we, yeah. we presented this big happy smiley faces on, yeah. the, on the TV oh, every yeah. sat- Friday, Saturday yeah. night for all the people at home that were struggling. But behind and the we, scenes, we, we, weren't we, even were, we were not weeks. good. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and nobody and knew any of this. The, the, stream would, yeah, the stream would finish and yeah. we didn't go talk. separate ways. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Pack up for five hours because you got that much equipment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny though? Because I think that's what people... People like it, we're all battling, yeah. And you were, and I know personally, I look forward to Friday and Saturday night mm, yeah. to tune in. Um, it's really nice to hear though, because writing the album sort of you're allowed that creative freedom and the friendship to sort of blossom without the stress of everything else, yep. yeah. Like that must have been a really like, yes, the album's brilliant and things mm-hmm. like that, but that probably must have been more pleasing on the friendship front because that that's more important than anything, yeah. And it made us realise that we can write music together yeah. successfully and not fight and not have it destroy our friendship, yeah. which um, was a worry because like that's this is where we wanted to go. And if, if that meant that it would always end up in uh, conflict, then that wouldn't have been a fun like future. Mm. And so it made us realise, yeah, we can actually have a fun future writing music together. True. Yeah, yeah we probably wouldn't have continued to do it. Like if that album wasn't successful, if like after the craziness of the, the lockdowns and the streaming and being sick of each other, if then we went into the studio and we're still sick of each mm. other, I like, you know, you got to go, well, if we're not enjoying not this, 
what are we going to keep doing this <laughs> just to just cause um so yeah there was a massive goal of mine um to release an original album of music and so that was like one of our one of my last goals that I wanted to achieve so then it feels like this reset button now and going well what do we do next like you got to set more goals have you, like so have you done that because it, it really is important to have goals to work towards. Yeah. Um, so once you achieve them, yeah, it's grouse. I hope you celebrate and, and like, mm. well done. But how do you set them now? Like, I'm hoping they're big. Yeah, you don't well, need to tell us, but think, how do you do that? Like, I th- Well, I'm a bit nervous about it because at the time that I set these first goals, which was a lead in a feature film, a lead in the musical and an a, a, a original album of music, and I achieved all those three things. When I wrote those three things, I thought they were impossible <laughs> and that I was Good. absolutely fucking dreaming. Like, I really did. Mm. But, you know, that's how you felt back then. Now I'm like, that wasn't that hard. It took a long time. Yeah. But it's, it's that thing of if you never, if you never quit, you never fail. Um, so the next ones I set, I'm actually quite nervous of doing because I know if I write them, knowing me, I'm not going to stop until I achieve them. Mm. And so, but it's how, how high you go. Um, and which means how long you're going to be working, whether you want to be touring the world, that's the lifestyle you want to be living at 40, um, and 50 and starting to think about a family and stuff. So these next goals, I'm actually having to really carefully consider. Mm. And then I'm sure like with our business goals that we also have to define them too because we've kind of achieved our business goals at the moment yeah yeah we have and yeah. there's still one unachieved for me which is um large festival playing in front of uh, like touring with a festival well, which you're is, about to do that yeah, it's about Give to it happen a plug. The, re- the red hot summer we're on that tour um which is that was actually part of the the goal for the album was mm. like get people to take us seriously by having an album of our own music so that we can get on those big stages because they don't put cover bands that are playing at the albion uh on those big stages and so that was all part of this, that hardship of like removing ourselves from that environment and not playing those gigs and, and copying the financial uh, effect of that. And then going in the studio and there's financial effect of that too, like investing a lot of time and money into all of this stuff with the pie in the sky goal of maybe somebody will hear this and at the other side of it, they'll put us on one of these festivals. And we even mentioned specifically the Red Hot Summer Festival. Like it would be great to get you on the Red Hot Summer. You mentioned that. Soul. I remember Souls. you yeah. mentioned like before the album, that you wanted to, that was the goal. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, and I had a similar thing when I, I had to do a TED talk to get a book deal. Yeah. Like you don't, you, people must think you're crazy, but yeah. you've yeah. got to know. Yeah. Like in, if you're not an intentional about it, you're not just going to be lucky. You're not just going no. to, hey, Jimmy mm. Barnes and Sam, Sam, you know, like it's not just going to happen. It's no. like what you, yeah. what you were saying earlier. It's good to be positive and it's great yeah. to have it, but you've got to put in the hard work and you've yeah. got to have, be intentional about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the things I've been curious about is, you know, people, music, you go to a gig, Jack was saying how much he loves it. I love going to gigs too. I love singing along to the songs. Obviously when you sing cover bands, like you sing cover songs all the time, everyone knows the words and that's everyone singing with you, which is cool. What was the change like though when people start, you start going and doing your gigs and people start singing your songs to you? Like that, I, I couldn't imagine, like that's sort of, 
hair sticking up on your neck, like yeah, yeah. yeah singing national anthem, I sick down people, amazing. You didn't write the national anthem, yeah. but you've written your own original work, and now people know it and they're singing it back to you. Yeah, fuck me, that's epic. Like, what was that like? It was ma- it weird at the start? Definitely weird. Yeah. Like, it made me feel awkward. Like, I, I wouldn't want to watch their mouths because I'm like, oh, you're, you're singing words that I wrote, and I don't know why it made me feel awkward, but. Definitely, that was the first one, and I'm kind of used to it now. Um, it feels good now, like, especially when we go to a, a covers gig and we get requested to play one of our songs. Mm. Like that's oh, that's, that's an interesting feeling too. Mic drop moment. Yeah, yeah, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's starting to happen more often than not now, where we're booked to play a cover gig to still, you know, earn some bread and some crust, and uh, we but the people come up and go, "Can you sing the river? Can you?" And I'm like, "You want to hear our song?" And then when we play our song. They, they know all the words and like they've sat down and or they've listened to it enough to know all the words and it is yeah it's the best feeling mm. it's like i think it was at Penn hill in one of our first years of touring with our shows where um people started to really start to know our words and we'd sung them enough times that like at this one point this whole crowd was singing the river and my friend this other song we wrote and i was just like like we've made it yeah. Like yeah. Th- I didn't ever think This would happen And and at the start It did feel weird It really did And I, even I thought I'd love it And I just was like Why does this make me Feel uncomfortable mm. Like slightly I was just like How did they actually Know this I can't believe This is real So yeah it was it, it, Absolutely incredible It's the best feeling mm. Ever That's crazy Yeah What Can I go back To the musical Mm-hmm. So you've played a lead in a musical. Yes. Yeah. One of my life goals is just to feature in a musical. Like, ah, really? I'm happy to be the holding the tree up the back <laughs> corner. Or, but I just sort of th- – it's interesting because I've played footy in front of, you know, 70, 80,000. Yeah. I just think the adrenaline – but you sort of almost get used to that when, when you're in it, you know. You don't – Yeah. But I think like just doing a, a musical performance because I love music. I go to them all the time. Oh, and yeah. I, I like, I always just wish I could be part of the crew. You know, I just think, imagine like that 20 minutes after a show where you're backstage and you're all just the, the, you know, the excitement and the adrenaline. Can you tell me just, is it everything I think it is in my own brain? Yeah, I, th- I think it is. It's other than the eight shows a week. Yeah. Like, so like you said, you get used, you get used to anything you yeah. do eight yeah. times a week. Yeah. Um, but I must admit, I, I barely ever take to, took it for granted. I, I was uh, constantly fit. It was constantly fun, like performing to when the curtain opens and there's 2,000 people there, Mm. 1,500 people there. And all you're having to really do is pretend that it's the first time you've ever done the work before. Like that's that's the secret is that you've got to find this essence of this is the first time you've ever done this Um, because otherwise you start to resent it and hate it a Mm. bit. And I did get there, mind you, but I did it for eight years and eight shows a week hurts your body wow. and broke my hip open. Um, oh, so that, that's, that's why I had to kind of stop. But it, I think it is everything you think it is. And yeah. like especially an opening night or something yeah, yeah, when yeah. it's like your friends and family are there and there's this you, – you're behind the curtain. And, and not, not every show starts like that, but you're behind the curtain and you're hearing the – And it's like, shit, this is, this is all about to happen live for two, two hours, three hours live – no mistakes, or if there are mistakes, there's no change in it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it, it's an amazing rush. And it's to me, it was nearly an amazing rush every single time that curtain opened. I, I didn't ever was, I didn't ever really feel like, uh, yeah, I'm over this. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can't I, wait to get home. Yeah, I tore, my, I tore my hip socket open and they were like, you have to stop. 
Yeah. Um, like even though I was getting a bit sick of it and Russ and I had talked about kind of doing music and stuff, but I wasn't sold on it. And then the injury just sold me on <laughs> it. <laughs> Decided for him. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. And like, so obviously musicals, you were living your dream. Yeah. Um, and for people out there listening, Sammy, you, you and your brother Joe had a really successful app company. You know, you made some of the best apps around the world. You traveled the world doing it. While you were doing those two jobs, do you know what I mean? Like, and you're away from each other. Could you ever imagined like, you know, if you, you, you kept doing that or whatever, you would have been fine. We had great lives. But do you ever look back and just go, wow, like I could never imagined, you know, you'd be sitting here on such a good podcast. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Wait, 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 wait. No. Um, but no, could you ever think like that what was actually possible with your best mate creating an album? Traveling around, singing your songs, people singing them back to you on yeah. the Red Hot Summer tour, releasing new music. Like, was that? Did you ever think about those things or daydream or I don't know? Do you think about those moments? I, I definitely did. I remember having conversations with Sam on the balcony here, actually. Mm. Um, and when he was in a different time, pre the hip injury, uh, when he was like right into musicals, and I remember saying, "Is that not like the goal? Is that not what you want to do? Like play big festival stages?" And I think your priorities were a bit different back then. Yeah, it was like, like you yeah. wanted to do feature films, and he's just like, "No, nah, I don't see myself in music." And I remember that actually being a bit devastating to me. Ah. Where I was just like, "This is something I want to do, mm. and I want to do it with my friend, but he's got other priorities that he wants to do." And so I think the the universe interfered there. And Sammy's <laughs> 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 just got a little uneven <laughs> Sammy like, on the stage there, just oh. had a healing plan in one of his shoes. <laughs> 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 yeah, just at night time when I was sleeping, just came and stuck in there. Um, and for me, it was earlier. Like, even though I went and did musicals, like, earlier on, like, when Russ was, I remember getting it when we were living in Burwood together, I was really trying to set up the band thing. And, like, in between musicals can be a long time. Like, it's pretty hard to get a contract. And when you get a contract, you're working for six months. And then the contract ends and you're like, Back to auditions and maybe it's six, nine months before you get the wow. next contract. That's tough. Um, and so you ha we were always going back to music, but Russ was so busy with his company. Um, and even though we gigged a fair bit, like I, I wasn't being able to work with Russ. On, it was me driving the getting people organized and like trying to set up bands and stuff. Yeah. I'd just rock up to the gig and play guitar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 to him. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he'd be good, good with the sound stuff, but he was running a super successful company. For, so for me, it was like, during that time a bit earlier and I was like, oh, Russ is always going to be doing this company making squillions. Like he's just going to be tied up with this forever. And then, so I think I, I really started to go, well, what do I want to do? If, uh, that's probably not going to be a thing in, in this life. And that's when I was like, all right, I'm going to get, I'm going to do movies and then got one and was like, wow, that's so boring. It's <laughs> so boring. Really? Oh, what, it's what so boring. What did you get? Like, compared to a musical. Yeah. Like uh, it was called the spirit of the game. It was a true story about um, when the Mormon, some Mormon Yankees came over to do missionary work in Australia and they ended up coaching because they were so good at basketball. They ended up coaching the 1956 Olympic basketball team mm. um, with Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay Gaze. Lindsay Gaze. Yeah. I was going to say Lindsay Graham. I'm like, oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> I follow US politics. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, who's oh, he's the worst. Oh, he's a, he's a US senator. Well, I, 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 I hate him. Politics. <laughs> <laughs> That's not our <laughs> jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Lindsay Gaze. And so, yeah, Andrew Gaze's father. That's and, crazy. Yeah, and so it was this really cool story and I played kind of the protagonist. Um, the, that was the, the bad guy who hated these Mormon Yankees coming to Australia and like 
you know, trying to teach us shit. I'm the best. I was meant to be the best basketballer on the team. <laughs> Can I ta- jump shot? Or? I am. I am. One thing I'm not good at is soccer and basketball. <laughs> so you're I, I just basketball. <laughs> I, every single day I was because I'm. I was fairly method at the time, or at least considered myself. Like every single day I was playing basketball. I'm like, I just didn't get better. I, well, I felt. I was just like, I'm practicing all day. Eight, four, five hours a day I was down in the hoops going over my lines, just playing, going, I'm going to be awesome after this. Nah, not much better. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing beats having that experience at a young age, you know, as a kid playing those kind of sports. Because like, yeah. I played basketball when I was a kid. Um, I remember you played too, didn't you, um, back in the day. But um, so, like, watching him, like, practice, I was just like, it just, something about it doesn't <laughs> look natural. <laughs> I'm not an amazing basketballer or anything, but I can tell that when somebody else isn't an amazing yeah. basketballer. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... and so we had to shoot these shit scenes and I'm like, I'm meant to be the best. And I was just like, oh no. <laughs> but, you know, the, the movie magic, I looked pretty good. Like, you know, they're cutting the one moment I'm like jumping. Right. <laughs> Real tight like, shots so you don't see his feet. Like, <laughs> they didn't get any of my dribbling. <laughs> Trying to look up and going, oh, I can't look up. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Jack's going to Jack played for Australia in basketball. So obviously <laughs> was an elite basketball. So he's looking there just going, he's getting a bit nervous. <laughs> oh, I just find it hilarious that you're the lead player. <laughs> yeah. The best basketball in this feature film and you can't yeah. dribble at all. Oh, I, I really, I've really sucked. Mm. And I'm like, it frustrated me because mm. I hung out with this. And now he's in Hollywood and he's absolutely killing it. Aaron Jakobenko, who played the lead um, Mormon in it. Yep. And it was mainly about kind of him. But he was a mate of mine because we did um, we did this random opera together. Um, that you, 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 you left halfway through because he thought it was over. <laughs> <laughs> like at into Because it's so long. Um, it's called Aida. Um, and it was so, it's, it's such a long opera that, yeah, <laughs> I was man, it. it's such a long opera that the first act is like two hours. Oh. So, and it kind of ends on like this climactic moment. And so I remember just thinking, I was, and at the end of it, I'm like, where are you guys? And I'm like, I'm home. I'm like, How'd you get home already? He goes, I, I, it was over. It was over, wasn't ago. it? <laughs> I go, nah, it's like, cause it's like a four hour opera. And wow. I was so actually surprised that you guys came. Um, <laughs> no, I got like, two hours of it. Yeah, that was, enough. Enough. <laughs> that was enough. Absolutely. But anyway, did this, and that's how I met him. But he was just like, he was so good at everything, and like he, and now I guess that's why he's now a pretty well-known actor in Hollywood. But he just like picked up basketball. I went and played with him because we were meant to be enemies, and like mm. I wanted to try and give him a bit of stick, and he just smashed me. And I was like, <laughs> damn, it'd I, be like me getting a lead in. Some you know singing playing yeah, guitar yeah. Something, you know. and you have to you have to pick and it you up have to and try and do it yeah look convincing no yeah. chance yeah. <laughs> which Bradley Cooper did pretty well in that that movie because he had to didn't do that he? didn't he he sung yeah. he sung I don't that know that was he... so good yeah oh, it's great yeah. it's so sad yes it is that one with Lady Gaga you yeah yeah, yeah Star is Born a pretty funny story about that actually I was, that was uh, it came out just after I had a pretty sort of heavy breakup and uh, <laughs> it was. Um, I had no idea what was what it was about, but me and my mate, who's also into musicals, he um, he he was like, "Let's go see it." This is two days after I've just had this traumatic sort of shocking breakup, um, and I've gone into the movies and I've watched it, and his name is fucking Jack in the movie, <laughs> and he struggled with you know drugs, alcohol, he's a drug addict, blah blah blah. Yeah, and I'm sitting there and. 
one of my coaches was sitting in the row behind me, so I saw him on the way in, oh and God. I was already just, you know, fucked down the dump. Is this when you were at Port Adelaide? It was, yeah, must have been that sort of pre-season when all the shit came out, you know, socially, online, everywhere, and, you know, I fucked up with, with a girlfriend, and she sent some texts out to the world and blah, 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 so it was pretty dark days. Uh. Anyway, I've gone into this fucking movie... <laughs> And I said to my, I just was sobbing the yeah, whole fucking sorry. time, like bawling my eyes out. And at the end, you know, he's, he's, he's this traumatized, like musician, <laughs> love, like romantic, but then it doesn't work. And then he's a prick. And then he's, and then he ends up, you know, fucking killing himself. And I'm just thinking, fucking get me. I said to my mate, before the credits came, I got to go before the lights come on. Cause I was just fucking bawling my eyes oh, out. Oh no! But, it was such uh, a triggering movie. But yeah, it really was. It, it stuck with me. <laughs> Bradley Cooper, outstanding. Yeah, outstanding. great performance. <laughs> you saw the end of it too. It was really good. Oh, yeah. oh that's great. So now with um, <laughs> that's a good story. Yeah. Anyway, there we go. Move a dark on. day that you would just move on. Yeah, from great movie though. Great movie. I've watched it since and I've got through it yeah, with yeah. a few tears. <laughs> um. Is, you know, with writing music now that you've done that first album, obviously once you've repetition, you do something, it gets easier. Like you're enjoying it more because now you know your flow. Um, do you find, you know, people don't start something because it is hard. You don't know the flow. You don't know how to do it or the process. But if you found now, the only way is by doing it. And now you're enjoying the process more because you've figured it out. Well, for you two anyway. Yeah, well, we're, we've taken a bit of a, like after writing the album and, focusing on that for so long we kind of needed a bit of a break yep. and so we've had that break and we wrote that new song pretty quick and pretty yep. easy so the now it's just deciding when to really do, do the next creative thing if you know what i mean like l let's write let this week let's get a song done so it's more like the goal setting of writing the next songs but the songs feel like they come pretty easy yeah the writing got, process itself yeah we've yeah. got heaps of ideas but now it's like now i feel like and i feel like we've had it like we yeah. we needed a bit of a break, mm. yeah, because um, it was pretty intense. Like we were in the studio every day for months on end, and just like constant, just recording every then, day. Yeah. yeah, and then the then wow. the release as well, and like and producing the film clips and all the marketing and yeah. and like financially too, spent a lot of money on on pushing it out and marketing it. So like just all of that mayhem, just to have it calm down for a bit, and, and it's off the back to, off the back of two and a half years streaming without mm. missing without missing a Friday or Saturday and moving fighting and like i think we're just a bit burnt out yes and and then we we're just so pr i was kind of so proud i'm like yes like you know tick off that kind of bucket list thing mm. but then just go you know what let's just let's just chill enjoy recollect it and i think it's going to help us write better songs yeah um we just need to go what's our new outlook and um we're loving this new more positive because that was the other thing the album we don't i don't love listening to it because it's a bit darker than i would usually think that I want to write because the time was dark and the emotions were fairly dark. And so mm. it's a bit, it's a lot deeper than I probably want to write right mm. now. So now we're writing these new ones. I'm like, I can't wait to sing that. Yeah, they're just yeah. happy. I can't wait to sing that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Cause certain songs like, for example, one, this song that we wrote about, um, kind of a mate that I lost through COVID and like a lot of other situational lost stuff. Lost a too. friendship. He didn't die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lost <laughs> a mate through COVID in terms of, yeah, just our friendship. Um, because of difference of, of opinions about something. Every time I sing that song, I can't not think about ah. him and connect with that and miss him and love him still. And so uh, 
it's nearly painful to sing all the time. Um, and so that's why I kind of we kind of were like, want to write some happy yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, I suppose yeah. you're in a better place now. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. yeah. And that definitely helped. Yeah, it was healing. Yeah, because it's like some of the two of the songs that I sing on the album are breakup songs about ex-girlfriends. Mm. And so it's like getting a lot of that negative emotion out and like having it printed on a record where you can like put it to bed. You know, it was kind of like finishing that off for me and like and healing in a mm. way. And so once all that was done with all those emotions, it's like, right, now I'm kind of, uh, I'm content, I'm happy, I want to write happy songs. And also with things like the Red Hot Summer coming up, like we want to write anthems where everybody just wants to jump, like summer anthems, you know, and that's, that's a fun thing to do because it made us realise what we like in performing when we do perform to crowds. Mm. It's, it's not necessarily playing these emotional songs that people uh, shed a tear for. It's like what we're known for and what people love is to come and see us and lose their minds and dance and jump and sing along mm. and have fun. And it's like that's that's what is the, really the essence of, of our act is is the having fun and and jumping and dancing. So that's what we really want to play to because that's the best feeling for me too when I'm on stage. Is if everyone's just having a great time, then that makes me have a great time as well. Yeah. And I get out of my head, you know, that living in the moment kind of thing yeah. where I'm not thinking about anything else that's going on in my life. I'm just flow. in this moment. You're in yeah, flow. In flow, flow state. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, enjoying the moment. Yeah, it's the best state. Yeah. Mm. Best state. What about um? You know, I guess. I've just watched Daisy Jones and the Sixers we were talking about and, you know, all the all the old school sort of um, bands and whatnot and the Beatles. I love the Beatles and they all took a little bit of inspiration at times from, you know, who knows what, the LSD, the drugs. The, is that um, – I've got a mate who's in, you know, he's got a, a band, Telenova, they're touring around Europe at the moment and it's, um, I guess, like that culture of alcohol, drugs and um, – like we spoke about it, you know, just yesterday, how it's hard, we're finding it hard to deal with. and But I know for him, my mate, it was a thing where he would often get, you know, pissed or whatever else before a show mm -hmm. every single time because that's it was just normal in the beginning of his career sort of thing. Um, and then now he's sort of, he's you know, he's not drinking at all before shows and then sort of setting himself some boundaries because it sort of can get away from you a little bit. But do, is that a thing? And is there any inspiration you can get from it? Because I know, like, I don't know, psychedelics and all the rest of it, like that could actually open your mind, can't mm. it? Make you more creative and, that, and help that creative process. I've always wondered about that because, as I said, yeah, I'm certainly no musician, but, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, it, it, it definitely goes hand in hand or it's, Encourage mainly the alcohol mm. um, in the industry. Yeah, in the industry, weed's obviously huge. Mm. Like it's just that thespian artist lifestyle that seems to be fairly drawn to substances that maybe open you up mm. and get you out of your mind, or or cover you cover you up and like try to hide your craziness. Yep. Um. So the alcohol, yeah, like I I drink it every gig. Yeah, I really struggle same. to not drink. At every gig. And mind you, we don't get blind heaps, anymore. Yeah. But I feel nervous, I guess, in probably in a bad way, if I don't have two vodkas mm. before I go on stage. Yeah. yeah, it just calms the nerves a little bit, opens up the voice, and you can actually sing a bit better after a couple. Yeah. Like, you go more than a couple, and it starts going downhill. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> which I'm sure you've done before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the hard way. <laughs> but just that Dutch courage. Isn't that like, interesting, though? Like, that's, I mean, even for me, you know, going to a gig, like I'm going to see Jed at the forum tonight mm -hmm. yep. and it's like, I'm not, I'm trying not to drink at the moment, mm -hmm. but it's like, I know that I'm going to feel awkward 
yeah. going to a gig and all my mates are going to have a few beers and yeah. I'm going to sit there and go, oh, no, I'm all right. And yeah. then it's like, you know, you, you just don't let yourself go as much. No, you don't. You know, like, the, the social anxiety really ramps up because you're like, it just relax because it does relax you to a certain degree. But yeah. then it's like, when how do you stop? When do you stop? Yeah. And from the few books I've read on it, um, it's like you can end up, if you were off it for six months, you can end up being more interesting of a person yeah. by being in those social circumstances. You can find different things to relate to mm. and stuff where as we just tie it to, if you, are you drinking? Are you drinking? Are you drinking? Or are you not drinking? How many you have? Like it becomes this macho it's thing that blank, that yeah, blank, that mm. blank, it, blankets it. Is, it. I think with, with that, so saying, I think because that's the culture that you're in, for example, I'm going to Singapore uh, on Tuesday and I'm speaking at an international conference for 500 people. I'm not allowed to get up before my keynote. Well, I probably could, but, <laughs> no, no, you but know, I, I can't have two vodkas. So I find the lead up, I, I feel nervous. Mm. But once I start, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably, I don't have to rely on alcohol because it's never been a thing there. Yeah. But for you, it's part of the culture. Yeah. It, like, do you... I, that's just the normal thing. It totally is. Yeah. We, we it isn't a weird because yeah. everyone's performing, Yeah, but it's accepted there. Yeah, but the it's, it's totally accepted. It's encouraged. Like yeah. as, as part of like when you're booking a gig, yeah. you'll say, here's, here's our, yeah, the writer, here's our cost really? to play, but then here's our hospitality writer, which ours has a bottle of vodka on it. It has a fresh. bottle of champagne, fresh cut lime, like all this stuff. And, and they, they supply it. Blue M&Ms? Like, what, no. what other <laughs> <laughs> What other job is there where that it's not only encouraged but it's given to you as part of the payment wow. of, the, of yeah. the performance? Yeah, it's, it's, I've always said it must be one of the only jobs you're allowed to do pissed. Yeah. Like I'm sure that there's there's a handful. For I'm sure, sure people do a lot of jobs pissed. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, but no. <laughs> but this is like allow like the venue will go. Oh, he, you know, here you go. Wow. You, you want shots? Yeah. You want like we go to so many places where we have to sometimes say, say no. no we're, well, we're not because they're like oh, you guys are here. Shots, yeah. and I'm like, I don't really want to do shots, and then yeah. you feel like you're letting them down if you're not because they're excited. Well, yeah, because they're ah. like, you guys bring the party. Yeah, if you guys aren't drinking, how does everyone else have fun? Yeah. Like you start to feel like they're relying that on obligation you yeah. to to set the vibe, to set the mood, to, and also when pissed, people know you're pissed on stage. You're getting there, yeah, and I think they they don't they go feed oh, you're off a dickhead. They're yeah. like, oh, this guy's like they'll even be the ones causing it. Like we get audience members at our shows will buy us shots, and it's always fireball, and I. Fucking hate fireball. <laughs> and do you? Yeah, yeah, tell them who now. Who loves it? Um, oh, well, I'm over it now. I've got at home, I've got a row of fireball bottles that Everyone we got just from the... Everyone just kept buying them fireball. I thought this you guys is loved why. it. This is yeah. why I hate I it. Because of all of that fireball over the lockdowns. I drank way too much of it and it ruined Christmas for me because now I can't eat cinnamon because, like, in, in anything. Like, it's, it's, it's the worst. Oh, and then big shots of fireball. <laughs> <laughs> not real, mate. Look... <laughs> But they buy them and they give oh, them, hand shit. them to you. And like, if you don't do the shot, which I did the other day, I was, I was yeah. trying to say, no, I'm driving. And, th- and they still get annoyed. They're like, yeah. oh, come on. Your shot's down. And I put it down on the stage. They're like, have your shot. Oh, yeah. Have they just shot. kept heckling like, him. Like, did you have it? Yeah. Did you have it? I had to do it. Like, <laughs> well, like in the middle of like a, a paid ticketed show. And I remember that, that lady just going, are you going to do your shot? Are you going to do your shot? <laughs> Do you reckon that's changing though? Because, you know, like particularly not no. our generation, like the younger generation, <laughs> yeah. are, I don't know. I they look after themselves better yeah. than what we... I just like, think they can't afford it. Yeah, well, probably not. 
Oh shit, like, you're probably right. But it seems like a cultural shift nah, too, because like I, there's bars now that are just dry bars. Yeah. They're cocktails, but they're non-alcoholic. It needs it's, to. It's change a popular too. concept. Yeah, well, like, you don't want to be mm. play, performing and getting peer pressured by someone to have a shot. Like yeah. it's nice that they offer it, but yeah. why does it mean you have to do it? Yeah. But yeah. is that because it's a stereotype of yeah. who you are and what you do? Yeah. I reckon yeah. through through the lockdowns and those streams that we did because we were drinking, you know, to. Every sue their own issues on, yeah. on camera. Mm. Um, people saw that and they, they, you know, they relate to that culture and then they think that they're just recreating it when they come to our shows. And we used to feel bad a bit because, like, we, so, we've got so many. We always thought, you know, you always want people exactly our age. Girls are our fans. Like <laughs> we, we've got all thirty-seven-year-old fans that are all female. That's like in your head. It's like whatever age you are plus female, if you're the opposite sex. Um, generally is like kind of what you imagine your fans. We've got 65-year-olds. We've got – because the uh, internet is so accessible and those live streams are so accessible, we've got so many families that follow us mm. and so many families come to our show. And like I remember we started having like a little bit of a conundrum just going, we're just getting tanked <laughs> in front of these kids and they're just going to be like, Sam and Sam do it. Yeah, like, it's just okay. normal. We're you just kind of feel, you feel like yeah. it's wow. just like already normalizing it for these six year olds, seven year olds that we're signing the t shirts of going, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the, I, I just kind of felt bad, but tried to stop. Couldn't. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Gave up. Gave up. It lasted a week. Gave up for like, four days on the base. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. Um, but going back, because I, I love drugs in, in the sense of talking about them. Mm. Um, but the psychedelics, I've never like, the, I love psychedelics and I feel like they can open you up emotionally. But it's never like kind of hit me that I should write a song after it mm. it's more that i think about themes that i would never think about and think about ideas and like i tried uh, dmt and like it just felt like it opened up this cavity mm. in my brain um but it, and i feel like the song eventually comes through being for opening what i feel like is my soul or my heart more i feel like then i can be more accessible to reach down into the barrel and grab some different ideas for songs. You've and got a bit more to, to yeah, a bit more depth because you yeah. yeah. I've experienced more mm. in my mind at least. Yeah. I've experienced more that I can reach down into the depths and like pull some things out. And so I feel like it can be really good for artists. And you know, like so many artists do do it. I haven't yeah. done LSD. Like some some bands write the whole album. Yeah. Um. And like we were smoking a fair bit of weed recording the Evolve album. So like weed helped us. Mm. Um. Well, I guess. I guess it helped us. <laughs> well, it's a good album. Yeah, it's a good album. Like, um, yeah, we would like even sometimes smoke, mainly when you're listening back to it and like trying to come up with creative, creative ideas. Yeah. It really did help because you can, it's like you can sit there for hours and still enjoy the same thing yeah. and, and kind of really flesh it out and go, yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Start to hear things that you didn't hear before, yeah. like the deep, subtle details. Yeah. yeah. It's like, so I found weed quite creative in that way. Yeah. It's just once, like anything, it's easy to do every day. Yeah, it can be yeah. destructive Yeah, on yeah, the flip exactly. side of it. Yeah. It'd be interesting, like, if, you you know, I'm sure people have gotten used to that and that's how they did it always. And then mm. it's like, oh, I'm going to try and get away from that. And then trying to go and write a song or an album yeah. when you, your whole life you've done it that way, it would be fucking difficult, I'd imagine. Like, yeah. yeah, really hard. Well, that's why I, I still struggle not to drink. Yeah. Before a gig. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I guess same. eventually I'll have to, unless it's been like, we have been on a health kick or I'm doing some diet, I'm doing dry July. Like I can usually manage Yeah. because I'm like, yeah, I'm looking after myself. Yeah, but just in that. general, 
Yeah, I'm and just really I, I feel it noticeably changes my performance too, which is annoying because I want to give as much energy as I would when I've had a few drinks, but it doesn't happen. Like yeah. the, the words don't flow as well. You don't have the the shtick and the jokes and stuff. Mm. They don't like come to me as easily. Really? Yeah. yeah. And that's you, the hard, like, like why? Like well, I think it's almost like. But mind you, it's two drinks, and yeah. you know, and it like it's yeah. Known, yeah I'm not saying yeah. no, I'm not saying I have a problem or anything. I just. Mm. Well, I think like I mean I know personally for me it's like socially. If I go out, like I'm, as you said before, um, you know, you're the ones that bring the party and, and like, I know that I'm that person to so many of my mates and so many people in my circles. And, and if I go out somewhere sober compared to if I'm having a, you know, it's completely different. Like how I'm going to act and what I'm going to do is completely different. Yeah. And so it's, it's difficult to, you know, yeah, to, to avoid it or to, to be that same person when you're not when you're sober, it's like you actually yeah. have to change your whole environment and your life when you're in that. Yeah, which you sort of have to give up that part of your life if yeah. I'm not drinking. Really. Yeah. Except that you'd be a different kind of human. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And what's hard is your friends are actually they're used to you being a certain character, mm. and when you change that, it starts to affect their ego that you're not be, like. They, I find yeah. sometimes your friends can be the ones that are like. This isn't you, yeah. And it's like, well, no, I'm I'm being who I, I trying to, I, I'm, I'm trying, trying to, be. trying to change. Be, but yeah. you're not liking it's affecting you mm. that I'm not the same person anymore. And it's usually like something to do with their ego, and they're like, and that's why they will usually encourage you. Oh, no, come on, mate, don't be a pussy. Yeah. Like, make sure you have a drink and stuff. Yeah. Because they feel uncomfortable because you're changing, and deep down they usually probably want to change as well, mm. yeah. and they're struggling to do it. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's I think that's anything in life that. If you want change, but it's affecting somebody else, normally it's not you. Yeah, normally yeah. it's an underlying thing that they haven't dealt with. Yeah. And that's bringing that emotion mm. out in them. Yeah. And then instead of dealing with it, they'll push it onto you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a hard thing to, in particularly in your industry, mm. like yeah. um, finding that balance. So, and I think that's, you should never judge. We speak mm. about this a lot. Like if you need to do that for you and you're still the person you are and you can get out there and do that, fine. Mm-hmm. Then everybody's different. And um, your, your real friends are there no matter what, aren't they? Yeah. No matter where you're at. Or, yeah. 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 Um, so with that, when you look back, and I know you said you don't love every song on your album or anything like that, but from the journey from 17-year-old at Flanagan, you know, like <laughs> great pub as well. It's still going in Chet. A lot of the other <laughs> places, Full House isn't and Yahoo Bar's not, but there's a couple for you, Jacko. But from that journey. Full from, House and Yahoo mate, Bar. Go to Full House and get <laughs> stabbed. <very> <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> From that journey and everything you've done, you know, you've gone off in different careers, musical apps, all these different things, but then come back and where you are now. And obviously this summer, you know, Red Hot Summer Tour, like it's going to be epic. I can't wait for morning to not be there. No, I'll, I'll be a big fangirl moment. I'd look yeah. a couple of tickets. Bring Thanks, me along. Bring me uh, along. We'll sort those out. Yeah. But what, like, what are you most proud of? Like, firstly, is it like, stay friends um, or is it what you've been able to achieve? Do you think about that? Mm. I haven't thought about that, but that like that first point that you bring up is that we were able to stay friends is a pretty like massive top of the mind kind of thing for me because like it could have gone the other way you know like like we were pretty at each other's throats for Mm. a lot of that covid time and just not not agreeing on anything Mm. and yeah i guess like the the length of our friendship like how how young we became friends and just the the common interests and that yin and yang kind of thing where our skills complement each other so so much it's like i feel like we've met somewhere in the middle with our characters like i i'm generally more technical and i like working with machines he's generally more human and likes working with people and it's like i feel like a lot of that of him i've i've taken on board whereas like i meet him in the middle with that so now he's made me better with people and i've made mm. sam i guess better with technology and stuff Definitely. 
And so yeah. there's like a, an inherent respect there that we have for each other maybe that, that um, allowed us to continue being friends despite all that, that yeah. craziness. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah. So you should be. And I, I guess, yeah, I hadn't thought about it much until you asked the question. But yeah, it'd be, uh, yeah, that we're, that we're still mates and we can still relate. Like I was worried about, it was probably when we were fighting that the, I would rather be friends because like when we've written down our principles, I'd rather be friends over business partners. Mm, yeah. And so if this wasn't working and I knew it was going to ruin our friendship and I've kind of had that before and I really don't like it, I, I kind of knew happy to walk away from this music thing like because I've always been happy doing different things and multiple things because um, our friendship's more important. Um, but then when, yeah, when we wrote the album and kind of had, kind of felt like we had some good news after that crazy time where it was at, for a while, it was feeling like just bad news and that it yeah. was potentially costing us our friendship. I was just like, how is this worth it? Like, so there was at points where I was like, this isn't worth it. Like mm. what if we lose our friendship and we don't kind of make it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so when we finally, I think started you know, still persevering and get, getting and enjoying that writing process. I started really seeing the hope. I have fe feeling the hope again and going, okay, no, maybe we can resolve this and sort this out. And then after that, we released the album. And then, of course, Red Hot Summer. And, and it felt like these opportunities started coming in and we're finally getting rewarded for this hard work and this kind of sacrifice of our friendship that we did by continuing to do these streams every single week instead of just, we probably should have just gone, let's take a month off yeah. and let's not live in each other's pockets and like stress about them. Um, yeah. So I, I was worried and now um, I, I am proud that we figured it out and we did persevere, of course, because right now if we hadn't, uh, yeah, I'd probably be like, what if? Yeah, you don't want to live like that, do you? What if, well, yeah, you don't, you don't want what ifs. And I think so you should always try to persevere until you explore it enough to go, I know, I know if. <laughs> I'm also, also proud of like what we did do over those those live streams for the community. It's a, mm. It was a bit of delayed gratification for us, isn't it? I didn't really know the effect that it had had on people um, until we got out of COVID and we could go and do shows live. And there's endless stream of people that come up to us and say literally this exact line, you saved us during yeah. COVID. Yeah. Your Friday and Saturday nights, you saved us. I don't know what we would have done if you didn't do those streams. Like we didn't know that it had that much impact. Mm. Like we thought, yeah, maybe we're doing a good thing for the community. But like people like... We're it still happens. Heartfelt, like, yeah. thank yous to us for, for doing that. and It'll be what they're looking forward to for the whole yeah, week. Yeah, they're yeah. grinding through, you know. Yeah, and because we, we, we were in the moment and kind of in ways not enjoying it at times, like we had no idea that people were feeling like that. And mm. like some people saying, you saved my life. Mm. And, they, wow. and you feel like they're meaning mm. it. And you're thinking, how? We were just singing some tunes. Like, and we didn't realise at yeah. all how much it was connecting and helping people and that i am really proud of that too because yeah. it still happens to this day every single gig someone will come up and say you saved us through covid i just want to thank you guys so much mm -hmm. and it just always feels heartfelt and like i'm, I'm kind of not sick of hearing it yeah. like i'm just like wow Mm. And like part of it maybe was accidental in how we formatted the show in that like we never ever talked about politics. It, that was an issue that everybody else was dealing with yeah. every mm. other moment of the mm. day. Right? This was this. the two hours in those two days Forget where you didn't about. talk about politics, where you just catch up with people and talk with them online and listen to some tunes that you'd normally go to a pub and listen to while you have a, have a couple of beers yeah. and just have some enjoyment time. I think like that ended up serving us really well 
that there was just no politics, never mentioned. And any time that anyone on the stream did comment about politics, <laughs> they would just get shouted <laughs> down by the crowd. <laughs> but like, it was good because it didn't start a fight on the on the drama or yeah. on the politics of it or on COVID, of course. And it just people just be like, ah, no, we don't do that here. No. Yeah. And all our fans just kind of knew the score. It's yeah. like, we just want to sing for two hours yeah. and bring the pub to your living room and just be positive. And it's like everyone went, yeah, all right, I get you. I get you. And so they'd be like, shut up, go away. Yeah. And, and also we could just block people. <laughs> 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 Deleted. See, see you later. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, proud of all the... Proud of all the work we did, um, even at the cost now, because because we sorted it out and persevered. Yeah, it is diff. Yeah, I mean, I've I run a business with two of my good mates, and it's funny how you know you sort of in the beginning you think, oh, they're my best mates, like nothing's nothing, ever you know. you, nothing like yeah. nothing they could do is gonna you know. But business is a funny thing, and yeah. if you're doing you know this amount of work, and he sees you, oh, you're not quite doing the same, and then yeah. they're and then you have different ownership and that's, how, you know, and it's just like, um, and as you said, especially when you're not getting that reward, it's all exaggerated. Yeah. If you're not getting the good news, if business isn't going well, then it's like, well, what are you doing? You know, it can really create that tension, can't it? So you've, yeah, yeah it is, it is difficult. And, and as you said, once you do finally see that sort of little bit of reward, like we've, we've had a few lean years at the, like just recently and we're just sort of coming out of it now and it's just starting to you know we've got some real exciting things on the horizon and things happening and it's almost like we had a little catch up the other day it was like fuck thank god we stuck it out and we yeah. you know stuck Good. together and um yeah it, it's an, it's an interesting one because it, it, it for me it's all friendship is so much more important oh, than yeah. any sort of you know but yeah, your relationships are the most mm. important things you'll ever have in your life. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was worried about gambling with it when things started going bad. And especially, I don't know if it happens to you too, if, if your finances aren't good. Mm. Yeah, it like you, everything you else. Just, oh, it yeah. just, it's yeah. really quickly can cascade down from there where the bickering starts. Are you doing enough? How many hours are you doing? What, yeah. ha, Like you start to nitpick. Yes. Yeah. And, and you also kind of start to get negative and always think the other person's up to something or not doing enough. Yeah. And it's like, and you're like, hang on, what am I fucking doing? I'm, like, I'm sitting here thinking about how he's not doing something. <laughs> like, that's, not, that's not very productive, is it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it could be really tricky, but, yeah, I'm glad that it's, you know, picking up and yeah. there's some exciting things on the horizon because that was kind of what happened to us. I was, yeah. It was all doom and gloom for a while. And going, this can't cost us our friendship. I'll yeah. be devastated if business and money... Yep. And like to me, very unimportant things in the scheme of life cost us this amazing friendship that we've had for over twenty years now and yep. playing together. Well, I think uh, it's credit to both of you and obviously you guys at Squash that mm. you push through. You stay friends. It might be borderline, but when you get there, the rewards are so good. And if you can take away any messages from particularly your story, is you know find a passion that you love doing and stick at it. It's not always going to be easy. But nothing easy comes good, I suppose, unless you work at it. Like you said, I love those quotes. So um, really love that. For people listening, where's the best place to go to, you know, see the gigs you're doing? Because you do do your own shows all around Australia. Um, and more importantly, the Red Hot Summer Tour. Like, give it a bit of a plug before we uh, wrap it up, lads. Yeah, sure. So we do do our own uh, tour shows uh, around Victoria at the moment. We're just touring regionally. Um, we've got one coming up in Bird's Basement, which is in Melbourne. Uh 
it's like a cabaret style jazz kind of venue where we're doing like an unplugged version of our show to like a dinner kind of crowd, Ooh. which would be an interesting show. That's cool. Yeah, that Love one's that. next Thursday, 28th, is it? Yep, 28th. September. Yep. Um, like I said, our own shows, which uh, we normally promote on our website, which is just www.samsam.live. Uh, but yeah, the Red Hot Summer shows, which is the exciting thing on the horizon. Um, yeah, touring with Jimmy Barnes and The Living End. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Pete Murray, like I grew up, listen, like the first song I learned on acoustic was a Pete Murray song. And I was absolutely like, we're going to be performing with him and getting to meet him. And like, it's, it's, it's really surreal. It's like, grew up living in, listening to The Living End. Like yeah. West End Riot was my favourite song. <laughs> For so fucking long, I just used to like put it on. We'll be there next Saturday with our guns and our heads because it had like this story to it. Yeah, and oh man, we, we get to perform with these people. Yeah, and they're all my idols too from like childhood. Like the living, yeah, and Chris Chaney, the guitarist, he was a freak guitarist. Like I, I looked up to him and I tried to learn his solos back in the day. And like part of my reason for getting into music is because of that guy. Yeah. And now we're about to tour with him. Wow. And it's like that, it's, it's a surreal feeling. And That's we're doing crazy. a bunch of shows. I think we've got 10, 10 Red Hot Summer shows around Australia. Yeah, 10. We're going to Sandalford Wines. We're going to WA. We're going to Kiama in New South Wales. We're going to Mornington, Manham in South Australia, Batemans Bay, the Hunter Valley. Uh, Bendigo, Launceston, and we just got another one in Mildura. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're touring around, and oh, we heard you get really looked after, and this just yeah. feels like we've made it. And like, it was I still remember Russ saying, like, man, if just off the album, like we're just sitting there dreaming, trying to write more songs, and probably stoned. And, <laughs> and he was just like, man, if we just got something like the Red Hot Summer, and I just remember clear as day, he's like, something just something like that, like that's what we need because. That we love performing live. That's you know a real shtick. It's like, and if they like our songs, if they like the album enough to give us that opportunity, I think that could be the real catalyst, the real snowball for us. Mm. And it feels like that dream has now become a reality. And we can't wait to start them. Yeah. And you know, I'm a bit nervous about that. Obviously, yeah. like you're you're performing with some of the Australian legends mm. of yeah. music. And so pretty nervous, but can't wait. To yeah, and we've got a 30-minute set and we've got to really impress in those 30 minutes. So it's like you've got to choose your songs well. You've got to figure it all out ahead of time and just yeah. know that you're going to deliver this amazing performance and hopefully impress some of those childhood idols. Whilst Jimmy just sits back watching and he's, <laughs> having, a, he's having a beer watching you boys go yeah. to work. That'll yeah. be amazing. Nice. Yeah. Well, I think you boys have made it. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much for being on the show. I know... Uh, hearing your stories and, you know, we don't call it vulnerable anymore. We just call it being open. Mm -hmm. I think sharing the highs and lows, you know, people see your streams. They didn't see how hard it was or what mm. it was actually doing to you on the other side. And I think it's a great lesson that people see what they want to see. Um, but yeah. actually sharing that today and um, to get something in life, it's not easy and you've got to push through it. So congratulations on the album. But, uh, yeah, we look forward to being there in Mornington with you. And thanks for being in this epic studio. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, no been bloody amazing. No really worries. appreciate it, boys. No worries. Thanks for having us. It was a great chat. Uh, and yeah. all the best. Have a great time. Thanks, boys. <laughs>